Hi, this is Natalie Lander, voice of Kinsey, Tara Branford, Stargirl, and many others. You are listening to a W2Mnet podcast. You can visit W2Mnet.com for other podcasts about entertainment, video games, sports, and wrestling. I wonder if they hear us talking when we're off air, like when she's doing her, the following is a W2M Network podcast. No, they don't. Mm. Well, it's a good thing they don't, because they would have heard the countdown and my loud-ass fan being turned off right before we get started. Good evening, afternoon, whenever you happen to be listening, and welcome to the kickoff, a presentation of the W2M Network, online at W2Mnet.com. I am your host. I am the voice of reason. My name is Harry Broders. Joining me, as per usual, we start with the anchorman, the voice you just heard. He is Eric Watkins. Let me just take a moment to congratulate the Los Angeles Dodgers on your hard-fought World Series win. You can finally shut up about 1988. Enjoy your championship and your coronavirus. Thank you, Justin uh, Tucker Turner. I may owe you one, and I definitely will be able to cash that right on the corner of 4th and 6th. If you know, you know. Um, to borrow a line from a man whose opinions I don't always agree with, to the Los Angeles Dodgers, thank you, fuck you, bye. The other man joining us on tonight's episode of the podcast is The Riz, Randy Isbell. And I would like to send my condolences to Harry and his Bills for not being able to score a single touchdown against the Jets. That is a moral victory for a Jets fan. Not only did we not score a single touchdown, you finally broke your multi-score losing streak. <laughs> it, it, that helps when you don't give up a touchdown. I mean, it, it, it well, technically, if Bass would have hit one of those two field goals he missed, you would have lost True. 21. True. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll get to we... it. Before we get started, though, I do need to take a moment. Randy, I know you're a wrestling fan, such as I am. Eric, I don't know how much of a wrestling fan you are. I mean, you know stuff here and there. You catch bits and pieces, but I don't know if you know the same. Randy, do you watch independent wrestling as well or just like mainstream? Mostly mainstream. There's just so much independent stuff. I'll see stuff here and there, but I don't follow it too much. The one name, there's one name from independent wrestling currently that you should know, though, and that's Tracy Smothers. I do. I, I have heard that name. Tracy lost his battle with lymphoma cancer. Uh, damn it. Today. Tracy was 58. And for those who know, who knew Tracy, I've never had the opportunity to see Tracy perform live. But I have so many friends, because as many people know who listen to this show, I used to work as a play-by-play commentator for a local wrestling company. I have a lot of friends who have worked shows with Tracy before, who have wrestled Tracy before, who have shared locker rooms with Tracy before. And despite the crazed, wild-eyed Southern boy character that Tracy portrayed when the cameras were rolling, backstage he was the go-to guy when it came to getting advice about the business. Rest easy, Mr. Smothers. Your journey is complete. Thank you for the memories. All right, so we'll have to make sure we put like a link for the uh, link for the dedication in the uh, show preview when I type it up tonight, Eric. Just to make sure you remind me. Oh, consider it done. All right. Uh, once again, Tracy Smothers. Tonight's show is dedicated to the memory of Tracy. All right. 
Let's get to it. We start the show how we always start the show. It's time for studs. And duds. Um, Eric, you might be setting show history here. In a good way or a bad way? In a both way, because technically your pick for stud qualifies for both. However, we'll stick with the stud performance to start at least. Yeah. Okay, so, uh, there was a new quarterback in town in ye old Madison, Graham Mertz. Now, what was that team in Madison? Hmm? Was that team in Madison? We're not going to mention their name yet, because they will be. Oh, trust me, they will be mentioned. I'm, I'm building it up first. There's some well, I'm actually curious as to whether or not that game was in Madison. I thought that game was in Champaign. I'll look it up. Just keep talking. But anyway, Graham Mertz, yeah, new guy in town. Now, normally, when you think Wisconsin football, you think power game, dynamic running backs, real running back factory for the NFL. So when a guy comes in, completes a school record like 18 consecutive passes, finishes with only a couple incompletions and five touchdowns, yeah, that is a very worthy performance. Yes, it was against Illinois, but it still counts, especially for what happened in the subsequent days after the game. Graham Mertz, for that particular night, you are my stud. You were correct. It was in Madison. I thought so, because I remember the home jerseys. Oh, and the jump around thing at Camp Randall, too, because I remember watching the game on ESPN. Yeah. Um, uh, it, well, do we, that while you can, is all I'm saying. 20 out of 21 for 248 yards and five touchdown passes. Congratulations, Graham. Enjoy the next 21 days on the bench. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy, that COVID. I warned everybody about the Big Ten protocol, and there's even bigger consequences. Dun-dun-dun. Dramatic reverb. I take it you're changing your show that happened. No, I'm keeping it as is because it's historic, but it's something we will have to discuss later. Maybe some. I haven't come up with any questions, so I guess we could kind of use that. We could discuss it during I've Got a Question because I didn't really think of any questions. It's been a rough week. All right, Randy. Who's your stud for the week? My my stud is the entire NFC West. Not only to the 49ers, but a completely complete drubbing on the Patriots. Where Jeff Wilson. It's three, yeah, 33 to 6. Jeff Wilson just ran all over him. I mean, so much that he hurt his ankle. Not only did the Rams completely shut down the Bears, which you wouldn't think is that big of a deal, but the Bears were 5 and 1. But the, Seah- but the Seahawks and Cardinals probably played the best game of the year, where the Cardinals win that one 37 34 in overtime. 
and where they they tried really hard to to ice themselves. But that game was fantastic to watch from eh, about halfway through the third quarter on when I started watching that game because I was watching the World Series and and turned that on after that game was over. So for that's from what I watched. But that NFC West, you know, we joked before, at least I did, of possibly the NFC West having all four teams make the playoffs. I, I know in our preseason predictions, I picked none of them. So I thought they were going to be so good that they were going to beat each other up so much. But there's a chance, especially with how bad the NFC East is, that, um, I mean, what are they contending with? The Bears and the Saints, really, to get those three wild card spots. It could happen. Uh, the NFC East, sir. Correct. That is correct. I apologize for it. It's a slip of the tongue like the old Washington name. It, it, well, it takes a little it, bit. It, I was going to say, it could have been worse. You could have did what Rich Gannon did and called the Washington team by their old name on, on Sunday. It happens. Why can't everybody just take a page from our book and call them the Redactives? It's so much easier. And it makes sense. <laughs> I, I, I do enjoy a good Redact. All right. You could fairly show that if you want to, because it's still in the blank. All right, moving on. I'm thinking, because I mean, I joined the good redacted and then filling in things, and especially with what's going on with me. Yeah, okay. I'll haul that one away for the future. Let's move on, and let's give Jason's uh, stud for the week. Jason's unfortunately heading to the ER right now, so he's on an assignment in the emergency room, probably checking in on Justin Turner. Uh, I, I, I hope not, because, yeah, Jason's already going through a few things. Plus, he just was on a way back from assignment covering the Hoot Owls. However, he picked a pretty good stud in his own right. In uh, the Packers' win, staying in the state of Wisconsin, although this team was playing in the state of Texas, in the Packers' 35-20 to win against Houston, what does old A.A. Ron Rogers do? 23 of 34 for 283 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. At that game, yeah, the Texans tried to make it interesting in garbage time, but Aaron is like, you know what, this is my division potentially to lose, and yeah, done. My stud for the week is going to take us to the Battle of Ohio Part 2. And given the stat line that it started with, you wouldn't believe that he's a stud. Um, Eric. Yes? It's time to be Karnak again. Okay. Zero, mm-hmm. five, one. Man, that just sounds like a bit of a potentially bad day. What is an 0-for-5 start with an interception for Baker Mayfield on Sunday? That's no bueno. No, I only saw McMillan do worse for the Conquerors in the spring league. Don't ask. I was going to make a Nathan Peterman joke, but sure. The Interceptacon runs deep here on this broadcast. Well, but I mean, to be fair, if it was Nathan Peterman, that would have more like been like 0 for 5 and 3 interceptions, so. He's not wrong. 
Ugh, no glasses out of all the world. Anyway, um, okay, so Karnak Part 2, you ready? Mm-hmm. 22, 23, and 5. Wait a minute. Did somebody really turn things around like that? 22 of his last 23 passes were completed, and the only incompletion was a spike. Five touchdown passes, including the game-winning touchdown pass to Donovan Peoples-Jones, who made a hell of a catch in the back of the end zone, as the Cleveland Browns defeated the Cincinnati Bengals to move to 5-2 and two on the season. Yeah, Mayfield completed a franchise record 21 in a row, and that was the first game in NFL history with five lead-changing touchdown passes in the fourth quarter. Yes, that does appear to be accurate. David Njoku, T. Higgins, Kareem Hunt, Giovanni Bernard, Donovan Peoples-Jones. Fun fact, Cody Parkey played in this game. <laughs> we'll just... We'll just... We'll just call that a deep tease for a little bit later on. Dun, dun, dun. Dramatic reverb. Okay, I guess it's one thing to go full parky, but what happens when you go double parky? We'll talk about that in a little bit. All right, time to flip the strip and move over to the bad side of the ball here. Eric, who's your dud for the week? Okay, um, Randy, you mentioned that Seahawks-Cardinals game, right? Yes. And you said you saw the fourth quarter, right? Yes. You would have thought that uh, Seattle pretty much had Arizona dead to rights after a while. Sure seemed like it. Okay, well, when you're up by 10 and you've got your opponents kicking a field goal, you don't want to screw anything up just in case they don't get the touchdown they need. Benson Mayowa did not get the memo. Defensive lineman for the Seahawks. When the Cardinals were trying at the aforementioned field goal, not only did he jump offside to commit a false start, but he just... Uh. He decided to go full throttle, leap over the Arizona player to try to make a block. Both penalties got called. The leverage penalty, which is almost never called, was. That gave the Cardinals a first down that led to their touchdown, and they eventually got that field goal to force overtime. The rest was history, even though I was rooting for a tie. Benson, man, just like, really? Really? No. No. Kudos for the effort, but you don't do that. Yeah, he, he managed to get hit with a leverage because he actually pushed off of the offensive lineman's shoulder in an attempt to elevate and try to block the kick. That, that's a no-no. Again, I give him credit for actually being able to hop over the dude, but man. It, ugh. 
So there was another marquee game this week that we talked about last week on the show, Randy. And, well, one of the teams showed up in the first half and one of them didn't. No, not at all. The Steelers-Titans game is the game you're talking about where we thought it was going to be a, a great slugfest, a, a, a possible AFC championship preview if somehow Kansas City fell apart. And it did not look that way in the first half at all. To the point where I had to run somewhere, and on the sports talk radio I was listening to, they were already just burying Tennessee, saying this is why nobody believed in the Titans, and here they are playing a really good team, and and they're they're getting shown up. It was twenty four to seven at halftime, at one point twenty seven to seven early in the third. So my dud is the Titans in the first half because they came storming back, and I I'm pretty. Excited to see what this, this Titans team can do as far as got to think they're going to make the playoffs because they do not give up. And even though they look like a team that you think that if you, if you get them down by two scores, it's over because they're a running team. Tannehill can, can bring a team back. And they got all the way to the point where they had a chance to tie the game up with a field goal and they ended up missing it. But uh, you cannot go down 20 points to a good Steelers team like that and expect to win the game. Well, I mean, they remembered they were Titans. No, because those guys won the championship. Touche. I'm just saying. There's something about somebody's brother as well, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Um, And now to a pair of disappointing national franchises. Yeah, Jason's dud. Rightfully so. All right, it's bad enough when you lose your starting quarterback. It's potentially devastating. But most teams, you know, they find a way, they rally, they fight, they get together. It's bad enough when you lose your backup quarterback. Again, you rally, you fight, you get together. When your backup quarterback gets knocked upside the head on, let's face it, a dirty hit, and everybody stands around just clueless. That is very, very dud-worthy. And you go on to lose the game 25-3 to in the process. All I got to ask is, well, how about those Cowboys? Remember, all hate tweets can be sent to s.garmer at gmail.com. <laughs> I don't know what his Twitter handle is, but that's where you can send your emails. Well, I mean, if we're going with the Twitter, you could technically send them to at W2MSean. We could direct you to a couple other places, but if you get them at one, then he'll just tell you to go fuck himself. So, yeah. (laughs) We'll save the the hassle. So, that was one of the teams that are considered America's teams to have a rough week. Uh, Randy, you mentioned the NFC West. I did. Yeah. Well, when you hold a marquee free agent signing in Foxborough to 9 of 15 for 98 yards and three interceptions, yeah, I can understand how you're going to win the game pretty handily. New England does not score an offensive touchdown in this game. They don't score a defensive touchdown either. Two Nick Folk field goals are all they get in a 33-6 loss in Foxborough. 
with Bill Belichick as their head coach. Let's put this into perspective for everybody. You ready, Eric? I'm ready. Scary fact. Largest home loss of Bill Belichick's Patriots career. And that's saying something. Yeah, you know it's not a good time when you're getting benched for the greatness that is Jared Stidham. All I'm saying is my duds for the week are Cam in the clan, the Foxborough Follies. Yeah, see, now you finally know. It took you two decades, but you know how the rest of us do. Enjoy your two and four. I'm just going to say that as of now, there is a game and a half lead in the AOC East, and I will leave it at that. <laughs> we'll talk more right. about that one. But it is now two at times, sir. Yeah, and two is about to get ran by Los Angeles. Probably. Or should I, should probably. I say he's gonna get, or should I say he's going to get rammed by Los Angeles? Mm, Aaron Donald's like, man, that's a nice sur- surgically repaired hip there, Tua. Be a damn shame if anything happened to it. Eric, I said he's going to get rammed by Los Angeles. Thank you. I'm about to say, if anything, really? You're lucky that there isn't a grown programmed in here. Damn it, I only have eight <laughs> spots. I got to work on that. I'm happy with my rim shot. I'll take it. Wait, happy it's, with it's your not- what? Rim shot, Eric. Rim <laughs> shot. All right, let's move on. I was waiting for that joke because I knew it was coming. <laughs> All right, that's what she said. Uh huh. I shouldn't have said it. I knew I was in trouble. All right, let's move on. It's now time for so that happened, and since mine and Randy's are kind of connected, we're going to go third and last, respectively. Okay. Eric, do you want to handle Jason's first? Or are we going to talk somebody going the double parky? Okay, I'm going to talk Jason's first because there's actually a string of developments here. And especially because, championship or no, we did remember the Titans. There's good news in Tennessee. Even Good with... news, everybody! Good news, everyone! The Titans only have to pay a fine for violating COVID protocols. Word came down that the Titans are going to be hitting their pocketbook to the tune of $350,000 because of their first-time offense going against the COVID protocols and, you know, the havoc that it's played on the season. In Las Vegas, however, they will not be so lucky on top of the organization being fined and John Gruden being fined himself, they had a little bit of trouble on their offensive line. If I remember correctly, it started with Trent Williams. I can't say I paid a whole lot of attention to the Las Vegas situation. I heard about it, but I didn't go looking for details. Well, it started with him, offensive tackle, tested positive for COVID and did not wear his tracker around the facility. That led to the Raiders' entire offensive line having to isolate 
while awaiting tests. Thankfully, those other offensive linemen, the tests came up negative, and they were cleared to play and lose against Tampa Bay. But... Is that, is that why that game got pulled from the Monday night spot? Yes. It was, ah, okay. Now, yep. now it makes sense. Yep, it was originally the Sunday night game, but they flexed in Seahawks-Cardinals and moved that one to the 4 o'clock window because we because were... Because they were they weren't sure if we were going to be able to play the Tampa Bay Las Vegas game this week. Exactly. So with that whole situation, temporarily the franchise dodged a bullet, but they would not be considered first-time offenders. The NFL is investigating, and there is potential for not only an even heavier fine than Tennessee received, but potential loss of a draft pick as well. Stay tuned for that developing story. Um, well, to paraphrase Al Davis, Eric, just COVID, baby. <laughs> All right, let's move over to your side of the uh, so that happened because we gave Cody Parkey massive amounts of shit when this happened. To be fair, it was a postseason game. The stakes were significantly higher than Minute Rice trying to break a losing streak. But son of a bitch, do the football gods hate Rice. I mean, when JFK asked in his famous, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country speech, he even mentioned, why do we send a man to the moon? Why does Rice play Texas? We do things not because they are easy but because they are hard. Apparently, for Rice, that also involves kicking field goals in overtime. Game on the line, the Owls basically take a couple of knees to trot out their kicker. Mostly, mostly routine, about a 45-yarder. Seal up the game when they finally have their season opener. Yeah, keep in mind that this is a team that waited almost two months to play their season opening game when you hear this story. Yes, so everything is as normal. Place kick formation, kicker comes out, lines up, good snap, good hold, the kick is away. It drifts, and it keeps drifting, and it keeps drifting. Everybody's nervous. Hit the, sees the right upright. Doink. Falls down. Crossbar. Doink. Spikes back up. Turns, turns. Left upright. Doink. Falls right back down, down. Crossbar again. Doink. And out. No good. Even the Rice players were in the midst of celebrating as all of that happened. You see the one looked like a lineman kind of drop almost to his knees in just an I-can't-believe-it kind of a stance. Ladies and gentlemen, the video has to be seen to be believed. It was a quadruple doink that cost Rice the game. Now, to be fair... It would have won him a game of three bar, hands down, and then some. Now, here's my question as far as that goes. 
if you hit a bar twice, does it cancel out? I feel like that would be the rule. No. You would just have to hit it once. And then even if you hit it again, especially on the same kick, doesn't cancel out. If it was a second kick, then yes, it would cancel out. Okay. So we're going under dart rules. One dart, one marking. Correct. Okay. Understandable. Randy, you saw the clip. You shared the clip with me. How? Like <laughs> I just I still I've probably watched that video fifty times and I still have no idea how that is even possible. At that point you just win the game, I think. I think that should be written into the rules. That if you can hit all three bars and one kick, you just win. Not I don't even care if you're down eighty points. If you can hit all three cross all three bars and one kick, you win the game. That's the golden snitch. You win. NCAA, the story. NCAA, NFL, CFL, SB Nation, you heard the man. Get on this. I also hate myself for making a Harry Potter reference. I apologize. Oh, relax. I'm, not all of us are muggles around here. I, I'm not either. I hate that I said it. I, the, sad, the sad thing is it's a more of an uh, Achievement Hunter reference that they use that, but whatever. Anyways, I, I think it should be true. Make me the commissioner. Let's go. I'm, I'm a little pissed off that you referenced Quidditch. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Harry, I apologize. Up, up until this up until this point, I believe this show had a grand total of zero Harry Potter references. Look, it's referenced by the guy that's seen like three of the 28 movies. Okay, to be fair, there is a powered unicycle that you can attach a broom to specifically for modernized Quidditch. It's on Kickstarter, and it was developed by a Brazilian guy. So, it exists. Kickstarter, when you have too much fucking time on your hands. Hey, now, thank Kickstarter for... If it was, if that didn't exist, then I wouldn't have my board, now would I? Okay, some some items on there are better than others. There Happy? you go. There you go. <laughs> Alright, Randy. So, apparently... This is the week for troubled past <laughs> to come back to the NFL. Yeah, absolutely. Especially if you're a wide receiver. <laughs> this has been a We're... topic of discussion. This guy has been a topic of discussion many times on this show. Can I say I it? Will... Can I say it? Um, well, let Randy say it first, and then you can. Well, I was going to say I'm wondering when T.O. is going to sign. But Antonio Brown is to the Buccaneers. Hey, guys, there's been another Antonio Brown thing. Copyright and trademarked gridiron height. Now we're going to have to issue a link. Thanks, Eric. <laughs> You're welcome. This is right, the Honestly, I think this is the perfect fit for him. I think it was going to work for him in New England with Tom Brady, but his past was already there. He didn't do anything wrong. While he was in New England, it was just he was dealing with the other stuff that I, I, I take that back. The one thing he did wrong was not tell New England exactly what he was dealing with. So once that all came to light, huh? Specifically Belichick, because I think Belichick soured on him as soon as it came out. Yes. So I think if he would have told them beforehand, things would have been fine. But that was all happening before he signed. I think being with Brady is good for him. Being with Arian will be great. 
the fact that there's now 107 different weapons for Tom Brady to go to, it doesn't matter that half of them are hurt. It, I mean, Chris Godwin now had surgery on a broken finger and will miss this week. It's not going to matter in a few weeks because they're just going to rotate in and out. As long as Brown can be a team player, which has yet to be seen, but it's possible. I, it just makes the Bucks even scarier. And, and, and there's an added benefit because it didn't cost the Bucks a whole lot of money. Nothing. Are you proud of your, Are you proud of yourself, Eric? Kind of, because that just organically came into my head just in the past thirty seconds. <laughs> All right. So while we're dealing with Antonio Brown's hopeful lack of foolishness here, uh, you haven't been around long enough to understand the history of Antonio Brown on this show, Randy. Allow me to put it to you. Allow me to. To allow me to put it to you as crudely as I possibly can here. And apologies in advance to any listener I may offend with this. It is the general belief of the kickoff that Vontek Burfecht knocked the CTE into Antonio Brown. I, I think that's almost a proven fact at this point. And it's, I, the, the sad thing is, that's not even really a knock at Antonio Brown. That's how we, I feel really bad for Antonio Brown. We've been saying for years on the show that we hope he gets his shit together because right. clearly he has been right. I mean, supposedly, thankfully, he's been getting some measure of help, but then again. So you talked Antonio Brown going to Tampa Bay to give them another we- another weapon. And real quick, I want to ask you guys this because I, I had a conversation with a buddy of mine, Kyle, who is a New England Patriots fan. And we were talking about the fact that they were always bringing in weapons regardless of how they worked out around Brady in New England, and now they're doing it in Tampa Bay. And I said this about that. Tom Brady is the NFL's version of LeBron James. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Superstar talent around him in order to help him succeed. Yeah, I can make that comparison. Without guaranteed results. Because Brady's if I'm not mistaken, isn't Brady um, right around 500 in the Super Bowl as well? I think he's like six and four. I thought he was six and three. It might it's, be six and three. It's the two Giants losses and the Eagles loss, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's six and three. Okay, so um, LeBron's four and six. The it's, reason I thought it was six and four because I thought it was splits from LeBron. But either way. It, it should it should be five and four if if Pete Carroll runs the ball, but and Marshawn was only there so he didn't get fined. But hey, now he's very happy doing his Tostitos commercials. Leave Beast Mode be. I mean, he's probably making bank doing those commercials too, and nobody's hitting him that we know of. All right, so you talk Antonio Brown to the Buccaneers. Hey, Eric, where are my Buccaneers? On your bucking head? Under my bucking hat. Anyway. I'm, I'm going to get it one of these days. I'm telling you. Randy's rolling his eyes at me. What has happened to this show? It's a Bob and Tom joke. I, I've heard I've heard the joke. but We're, we're hitting the, the interesting hits today. I'm telling you. See? We got we got Bob and jo- Tom jokes. I just terrible Harry Potter reference. I don't know what's happening. See, see, first of all, it, we're approaching peak 2020 on this show. 
Second of all, not only are we playing the classics, but Randy, for your sake, we're playing the deep cuts. Indeed. Especially with the Montez Burfick reference. We haven't brought that one up in a year and a half. All right, well, let's I move mean, on. Be, be thankful that I haven't even mentioned the prox or the possibility of AB going full Florida, man. So, I mean, it would make sense. <laughs> Sadly. Pine? No, because that would only really happen if you were playing for Jacksonville. Sorry, Eric. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to be my microphone. All right, let's move on. So we mentioned Antonio to the Buccaneers. Now we'll talk about the other uh, historically difficult to deal with wide receiver returning to the National Football League. After what was supposed to happen last year, because he was supposed to go to the stand, to the Saints. Uh, unfortunately, his knee told him that he was not going to the Saints. Des Bryant, who signed last year a free agent contract with the Saints and then proceeded to tear his ACL right after he signed, has signed with the practice squad of the Baltimore Ravens. I'm assuming the practice squad is only to knock off some rust and maybe to get a little bit of familiarity with Lamar Jackson. I don't imagine he'll stay on the practice squad for long, especially given that this is probably a short-term acquisition, Eric, but Realistically speaking, does Des Bryant still have value as a wide receiver in the National Football League? I think so. I mean, you've already got your deep threat in Hollywood Brown. So if you have a guy that can work more on like those shorter routes outside or even still a little bit in the slot, get yourself a bit of a bigger target, it, it can really help out. And I'm thankful that we're focusing on this acquisition instead of yet another former Jaguar who's going to be in position to win a Super Bowl. I swear to fuck, this is not my year. <laughs> mm. Randy? Not, I'm not bitter. No, no, no. Randy, same question. Do you still think Des Bryant has value as an NFL wide receiver? Yeah, I think so. Uh, it's... With him being gone as long as he's gone, and and obviously that 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 bad injury he had with the Saints, as you had talked about, it makes you think not. But I mean, Gronk is playing with half an elbow, and all you need him out there is he could play the Gronk role, other than not being a giant tight end, but have him play eight to ten snaps couple good catches he doesn't have to be huge he doesn't have to be a number one wide receiver but if you have to have him out there in key situations he, he was always a great receiver so yeah I, I think he's worth it and that moves us on from so that happened and we now move to our first of two prediction segments that we do on the show this is I'm a survivor um guess what guys Get the um, get the Futurama ready again, Eric. Good news, everyone. For only the second time this season, all five of our I Am a Survivor picks hit this past weekend. Yeah. <clears throat> I feel like that's where the the cheering sound bite should play. 
right on cue. All right. So, I don't know how, but we are seven weeks into the season, and I haven't missed a game yet. To be fair, I should have. Minute and propelled me to my season-long streak. <laughs> I mean, and, you, and, and, and technically, you shouldn't, but then Daniel Jones tripped over his own feet and helped you win that game, too. I mean, I can send no. you a list of potential Christmas and or birthday presents if you so desire. <laughs> um, He didn't trip, sir. He was RKO'd. There's photographic proof. Well, actually, when you when you were starting to, to thank Mama Watkins, I thought you were going to give her credit for making him fall over. <laughs> I mean, she may have had something to do with that as well. Who knows? Maybe Mama Watkins has voodoo. No, she she wasn't even watching that game. Maybe that's why he tripped, because he knew she wasn't watching and he was disappointed. Fair. That's fair. <laughs> All right, so we'll start with Mama Watkins' pick since her and one of the esteemed panelists are still tied at one win each in a row. Eric, who's Mama Watkins got this week? Well, she cannot take Pittsburgh Steelers. No, she is going a completely different route. She was actually very, very annoyed at the end of the Seahawks-Cardinals game, and she had a pretty sinking feeling how that was going to go even before it went to overtime. But she is highly confident in Russell Wilson, one of her favorite quarterbacks, and bouncing back. So she is picking Seattle to beat San Francisco. The Sunday night game, and I do believe Jimmy Garoppolo's return. Oh, he was already back against uh, New England. Oh, he was? Well, good Mm -hmm. for him. Yeah. And that's not the Sunday night game. We wish it was a Sunday night game. Oh, it's the, it's the primetime. Sorry, it's the, the Sunday primetime, the 425. Well, there's two really good Sunday primetime games for Fox. They got New Orleans, Chicago, or mm-hmm. San Francisco. You can't go wrong with either of those. They both need to be flexed to the Sunday night football and Monday night football. That's all I know. I agree. Yeah. I mean, the, the Monday night football game is a fucking dog. But Did... Sunday night's going to be interesting just to see who wants at least Right, it's just terrible. <laughs> oh, I thought that was room shot worthy. All right, moving on. Um, not as good when I have to ask for it. All right, Bacon. if you don't, you should know if it's not happening within the first couple of seconds, it's not happening. I'm not even giving them room shot credit, even though the division leader has a tie. And that is the cause of their division lead. I, I the yeah. most, the most twenty twenty thing would be the Washington football team winning this division at six and ten. I, I just wish that Daniel Jones. I, I know you, you like your streak and arrow, Harry. But if Daniel Jones does not trip on Thursday night and the Giants win that game, it's a three way tie at two and five for the lead. This is true because the Eagles would be one five and one. How gross is that? I love it, and, and still the Jets would be in last place of that. <laughs> <laughs> Randy busting his own ball. We don't have to. All right, Randy, you've hit one in a row. You cannot take the Buffalo Bills. Thank <laughs> Christ. Speaking of busting my own balls, I, I did it one time with taking the Bills. 
It, it kind of jinxed them. They couldn't score a touchdown, but it didn't matter. I'm going to bust the other ball. Jets are playing the Chiefs this week. Easiest survivor pick in the history of all survivor picks. So mark you down for the Jets. Gotcha. <laughs> I mean, that might be my are you serious pick. I'm just, no, absolutely not. I'm taking the Chiefs. I'm about to say, and you can feel just fine incurring any potential wrath from Robert Taylor. I don't know if him and Taylor still have heat or not. I thought they squashed their beef. We rarely have heat. We'll, we get into arguments and stuff. We're, we're like brothers. We will, we will fight tooth and nail. And be what, just fine. What is it with Robert being a pain in your ass? He just knows what buttons to push. And like I said, he's like a brother of mine. He just knows exactly what buttons to push to piss me off. And he has no problem doing it. The other Robert that's a pain in his ass is named Robert Hagen. They co-host the R&R Sports Report on KLZ Radio, on KLC, KLCZ Radio, KLCZ.com. Yes. And if you're in the Lewiston or Clarkston area, you can listen on 88.9 FM. Thank you, thank you. Tuesdays, 6 p.m. Pacific time. Facebook, we're working on it. We're working on the audio of Facebook. 9 to 11 Eastern if you're on the proper coast. Jason's pick, as he attempts to continue his streak, he's at two in a row, is the Los Angeles Rams as they take on the Miami Dolphins. We talked about this game earlier. It is a rookie quarterback taking on Aaron Donald. I like Jason's chances. I mean... And that's all I'm going to say. Um, didn't you try that two weeks ago and fail miserably? Do we really have to talk about past history? This is now. We're, like, right here, right now. You know? This this is different. It's a different time. It's a different decade in 2020, and I'm sticking with that. And Eric just wants to guarantee Jason's correct pick. <laughs> playoffs? Talking about playoffs? All right. We'll talk playoffs next week. Um... Eric, you cannot take Arizona, Indianapolis, or Tampa Bay as you head into a three-week winning streak. And even thanks to Steven Goskowski, yes, I've gone against him, or I've gone with him before it backfired. I had nothing to do with it, and, well, he still found a way to lose. But I don't think he's going to be as big of a factor as Tennessee heads up to Cincinnati. So my pick, and I know this is going to come to bite me, especially if my friend Kenny Yake is listening, hashtag tighten up. The Tennessee Titans over the Cincinnati Bengals in a 1 o'clock start on CBS. Um, okay, so I've got seven in a row, which is too short of the all-time record here on I'm a Survivor. I mean, in fairness, we only installed this particular segment last year, so it doesn't exactly have the longest shelf life, plus nine, you know. All right, anyway, in order to try to attempt to continue that streak and make it a full half season, technically, I mean, I guess technically we'd be picking 17 weeks since we don't get a buy, but 
I'm going to take the Thursday night game once again, and I'm going to pick the Carolina Panthers over the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, reasonable. Uh, Atlanta came back down to earth last week after putting in a monster performance against Minnesota. Teddy Bridgewater and the Panthers have two losses in a row, dropping from three and two to three and four now. I feel like this is the perfect opportunity at home on a Thursday night to bounce back in the division and bring their record back up to 500 to put them back in the postseason race. Did did Atlanta really come back down to earth, or did they just realize that Todd Gurley's old and his brakes don't work as well as they used to? That was the most Atlanta way possible for them to lose that game. Have you guys seen the picture? I might have sent it to Harry. I can't remember. I was sending it to to some people. Todd Gurley is is laying in the goal line, and a Detroit Lion is turned around with his arms up, signaling to the referee that is a touchdown. I saw that. It's like the highlight. I was like, well, damn. Um, It's amazing. Okay. There are certain moments where you want your your opponents to score. That happened to be one of them, and, well, Detroit took advantage. Like I told my friend when we were talking about other things in Atlanta— because Atlanta. It's true. <sighs> Fuck you, Corey Seager. Dick. Oh, you, you you mean the World Series MVP? Yeah, I know. I know. Hey, hey, a- again, Justin Tucker or Justin whatever. Turner. Yeah, him. The kicker for Baltimore. Well, I don't know. I can't disrespect Opera Man like that, but Justin Turner may have done us both a favor, so take pride in that. Would have rather taken pride in the pennant for the Braves. How do you think I feel? You you got your pennant, you just didn't get the championship. Yeah, so it's 2008 all over again. Hell, your I team mean, your team has uh, rings from three different cities, thank you very much. Uh, it's okay, your team has only existed in one city, and at least you didn't go all the way back to 2001 for your heartbreak, sir. That was the last time the Braves were in the National League Championship Series. They lost that one as well. Ah, yeah, to Arizona. <laughs> at least Arizona beat the Yankees. True. That makes me feel better. And the only year that everyone was rooting for the Yankees. It's still sad. Uh, dude, speak for yourself. I have never rooted for the Yankees. You didn't root for the Yankees after 9-11? You monster. I didn't even pay attention to baseball that year, so. I still say gay, or that series was the, the greatest series that I've ever watched. And unfortunately, the Yankees did not win that one. But that was a... There were, what, two Yankee walk-offs. You had Randy Johnson coming in in Game 7 to pitch. And Mariano Rivera, who was untouchable, blow a lead, which he never did in the postseason. It was so good. That whole series is really good. Hypothetically speaking, if if Mariano Rivera were able to time it up the way that Randy Johnson did, do you think he could explode a pigeon? Oh, 100%. He he wouldn't explode the pigeon. He'd cut it in half. I, I've seen that clip so many times. That was a cutter joke. I get it. Um, I've seen that clip so many times, and every single time I think about it, I'm like, what are the fuck? 
You know what the odds of that happening are, Eric? It's about it, as awkward as a, as a quadruple doink. Precisely. Uh, I was going to say, or the Knicks winning the NBA championship, but that might be that's, too high odds. That's, that's a damn near impossibility. <laughs> it you really have a better, is. You have, you have a better chance of being struck by lightning and then winning the lottery than the Knicks winning the championship. Well, Very to, true. To, to be fair, they did win it twice. It was a lovely decade called the 1970s. So there's some history. There's not a lot of it. No. All uh, right, we're, where are we at to next? We've, we've bounced around to all over the place. Where are we at? I don't even know. Um, technically, we would be at I've got a question, but unfortunately, I don't have a question. Well, <laughs> it was a rough week. It was a rough weekend, so I didn't put in any questions for this week. Well, I mean, I guess I have a question. Well, what the hell did Graham Mertz do? And now, what is the Big Ten West going to be because Wisconsin isn't playing Nebraska? Well, let's be realistic here. Is Nebraska going to be a deciding factor in the Big Ten West anyway? No. Should Wisconsin have to forfeit this game? Yes. Because if you cannot if you cannot undertake protocols properly, you should have to forfeit the game that you have to postpone. I would have said that about... I was going to exactly say about Florida. I was going to say, yeah, the Gators should have had to forfeit against LSU. The same way it should have been in the NFL, because if your teams cannot follow proper protocols in order to keep the teams healthy right now, then you deserve to be punished in a way that's more than just a slap on the wrist like what Tennessee got. Well, to be fair, the Big Ten pretty much said not only are any players who test positive going to have to sit out for 21 days, but any games that would not be played, that could not be rescheduled, would automatically be declared no contest. However, this does put the Badgers in a more precarious situation. As the Big Ten said, you have to play a minimum of six conference games this season to be eligible for your division title. This is straight. Unless, Go ahead. Unless, unless the overall average for the division falls below six. Right. So, this is strike one. Uh, three strikes and Wisconsin's done. Plus, at this point, the only hope they realistically would have is if they do run the table. And even if they do run the table, yeah, that would be because they have, like, the whole round robin, but then you have those extra games. So, if someone else, if it comes down to someone else running the table or meeting up, Whoever has that extra game, if it falls the right way, they would walk with Doc Wisconsin out of the race based upon winning percentage. I know I picked Whiskey to win the Big Ten West this year, but I mean, realistically speaking, I don't think there's anybody in there on the talent level that can touch Wisconsin, and that's excluding the quarterback position because apparently all of their quarterbacks are going to end up testing positive at this point. Yep. Randy? You still with us over there? Yep. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see Iowa use this as an opportunity to as a rallying cry, just to kind of let everybody know. Here's the thing: if we can beat them when we play them, that's two games because they're going to lose a game. Yeah, and of course that would happen to prove Jason right. I swear again. Well, we can safely knock out Illinois, but it would be just perfect 2020 
as someone like Purdue all of a sudden comes out of nowhere and gets to Indy. You know who, you know who's gonna piss me off at this point. Indiana. Indiana. Well, I mean, they can't because you got to remember, even though Indiana is located in a central time zone, they're in the east. Yeah, I'm aware. Thank you. <laughs> Bending the space-time continuum for that two-point conversion, but whatever. Look, I don't mean to pile on, but we can talk about that later, okay? Really? <laughs> Quoting the bottom ten. How fucking dare you? <laughs> Randy, do you have a question? I got nothing. I used all my questions up, and, and there were kind of pointless questions that I had on the podcast, or on the radio show. Again, KLZ, KLCZ.com. Yes, Eric. Oh, no. I was just adjusting my headphones for a bit. Okay, then let's um, let's see if we can't think of a different question here real quick. Um, all right, I got one for you guys. Buy or sell. Um, all primetime games should be flexible. I'm going to buy that because I get you want some level of uh, planning to happen, Ability. especially as you get, like, the middle of the season so that way you know hey where your crews are going to go without having to change it up a day or two on the fly but i mean come on with some of these games that are just turning out to be downright dogs usually by week seven week eight you get an idea and then once you get past thanksgiving holy hell i'll buy that I'm going to sell only for the non-Sunday games. And I'm also going to sell because it won't happen with the new with the current TV deals. If they changed it up where they like Fox, CBS and NBC were rotating Sunday night football, then I I can see that as well cuz obviously like CBS and Fox aren't wanting to give up all of their great games to to NBC. So if if they were able to go, okay, here's our game of the week, and then CBS just happened to have that game, and now they get the primetime game, That I, I'm totally cool with that. I'm also fine with, like Eric said, after five or six weeks, you know who the good teams are, who are not. If they come out at the end of October and say, here are our December Monday night football games, and change it then and give people plenty of time as far as travels and, and all of that. I, I'm down for that too, but the way things are going, it, it's, it's difficult. We'll get to the flexing of the Sunday night games here shortly anyways. So, but yeah, the, these, this week sucks. It already it technically already started, but it happened to due to the potential of postponement. Yeah. The right. Vegas Tampa Bay game. Oh. Frankly, I'm shocked. That, I'm shocked. They haven't flexed the Sunday night game this week. So am I, but I mean, with the fact that I guess since certain shows are maybe coming back anyways, the NFL was like, we're, we're going to have it down here already. We can take this one hit. But speaking of, right. this does bring up one question that I had. Real quick, before you before you get to your question, I just wanted to talk about the, uh, the only reason that I could see this potentially staying in the spot that it is. Okay. 
Um, yeah, we all agree that the division is a dumpster fire. Yes. I mean, you got two, four, and one, two and five, two and five, one and six. Yeah. But at the same at the same time, Philadelphia is a recent Super Bowl winner, and Dallas is still considered by many to be America's team. Okay, who is Ben DiNucci? Huh? Ben DiNucci. Who is he? I don't know. A sixth round pick out of James Madison University. Uh, and starting quarterback for the Cowboys this week, yes. I rest my case. I don't know. You 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 don't go disgracing the good goddamn name of the James Madison Duke, sir. Look, I've got nothing against the Dukes. I've got nothing against North Dakota State. And we're going to see an old matchup of uh, FCS powerhouse Titans who have met in the national championship game. I'm not doing okay. that at all. But at the same time, how many people are really going to be interested in tuning in? Yes, you may have America's team, but the NFL thrives on stars. Um, Eric, yes. I will say this much. When it comes to this season, I'd rather see North Dakota State versus James Madison in that Monday night football slot, or that Sunday night football slot. Exactly, especially with Trey Lance, but we ain't even talking about that right now. All right, well, what's your other question you just had? The recent news as far as down-the-road NFL scheduling and the Super Bowl. The league has announced, if indeed that they go to a week 18 for necessary reasons, they will eliminate the bye week between the conference championship and the Super Bowl. And in Tampa, because Florida, there will be a 20% capacity at the new Sombrero, Raymond James Stadium. I'm kind of curious. Granted, I know it's months down the road, but do you think that'll be a good idea? Well, of course it will, because they're going to be able to charge like $5,000 a ticket for the Super Bowl. Touche. The NFL is looking at this as a business proposition, and quite frankly, what's going to end up happening is is the fewer people that can get into that stadium, the more of a premium they can put on ticket prices. And imagine the television ratings they're going to pull for that game. Oh, God. Randy? Uh, I'm just imagining a Cleveland Browns-Washington football team Super Bowl. Oh, no, no, no. God, no. No. It's 2020. This is what we're, 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 we're going to be dealt with. This is why you don't speak certain things into the universe, damn it. <laughs> As a Jets fan, I don't care anymore. I just, uh, I think it's a fine idea. Uh, the, the whole crowd thing, as long as... Uh, I mean, we'll see where we're at with the whole COVID stuff come January. I have no problem with them planning for it, and they can back down from it or they can add to it the closer it is as far as if they need a week 18 just moving everything up a week and, and getting rid of that by a week it's totally fine they already got rid of the pro bowl so it just gives an extra it, it just keeps everything close together so I, I i think it all makes sense i was gonna point that out as well they've already announced that the 2020 pro bowl won't be happening they'll still pick pro bowl players but the game itself will not be played 
which I'm actually kind of thankful of. Well, I'm sure the NFL players are thankful, too, because for a lot of them, that's a performance bonus. Oh, true, but I think that they're going to still adjust their performances or their bonuses. It's like, say, hey, you got picked here, money. Mm-hmm. You know what I think should happen? They should do an at-home skills contest. Josh Allen could outthrow Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, you heard me, Robert Taylor. Suck it. I, 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 I could get down with something like that. I mean, even if, like, you send, like, an NFL representative and an ESPN camera crew to the various team locations, and you do a skills competition. Fastest 40, longest throw. Um, running back ones, running backs could do, like, an obstacle course. Yeah, kind of like what they did with the NBA and WNBA stars with that game of horse. I like that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Kickers could play three bar. Cody Parkey would clearly be the odds on favorite. Well, I mean, I mean, to be fair, you could have that guest with that rice kicker. Nope, no celebrity shots. <laughs> Beer pong rules do not apply, sir. <laughs> Although, in my case, it's root beer pong. Straight edge. All right, I think that wraps up. I've got a question. Do we have anything else to touch on here? Because I really didn't have anything that sprung to mind immediately. I mean, even for 2020, this was a relatively quiet NFL news week, so. And as previously mentioned, I haven't had the best week myself, so trying to get the show out for you guys to listen to so that way you have the content that you've come to expect from us, just maybe a little less of it than traditionally. All right, let's move forward, and it is now time to pour one out for the homers. Do we gotta? Do we gotta? I don't even know what happened in the Miami game because it was on ACC Network, and I can't get that. Neither can I, but I'll sum it up. We were horseshit, yet we won. But I'm not happy. We and how? <laughs> we how, beat Virginia, how, which is great, but that was a lot closer than it should have been. How's Week Nine looking like? I just had that, and I'm pulling it back up. Where are, okay, would help if well, I actually narrowed it down. While he's looking for that, uh, another week closer to Pac-12 football, Randy. Are you sure you yeah. don't want to find a Are you sure you don't want to find a different college team to follow so you actually have something to discuss in this slot for college football? No, I'm totally fine. That's I don't want to talk about my pro team, so. Well, yeah, but you not having a college team makes us talk about your pro team more. No, I just we could just skip me. I'm not no. a homer no, at all. No, 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 because I do have a question about this as okay. Miami they're on an open date. So, um why is it, because we talked about this off-air and the fact that you were a 12-point underdog the week before you were a 23-point underdog, what are you doing getting out to a 10 nothing lead? Did, did the Jets forget that they were the Jets for 30 minutes? Well, I mean, you have to remember that the Jets actually st- are starting to get some receivers back. We finally got to see Mims. 
for the first time this season, and he looked okay. And then the second half happened, and I think the Jets had one total yard in the second Four. half. Four? Four. Wow, way, way better. And and one giant concussion from Perriman. Oh, that hit was brutal. No, it's a Jet concussion, a giant concussion. That's on the that other team okay. in Jersey. Well played, well played, well played. All I'm right. still happy they didn't they didn't give up a single touchdown to Buffalo. That game could have been in the 50s if if Josh Allen could have figured out how to score, throw a touchdown pass. Allen had 306 yards passing, which is his fifth 300 yard game of the season. Yeah, and if he and it, if he had 330 yards, he would also have four touchdown passes. Unfortunately, the bigger issue for Allen is we've dubbed Nathan Peterman the Intercepticon. On this show, I think Josh Allen might be fumble drawn. That guy needs some extra stickum or something for his hands. Jesus Christ! Oh, really, Randy? Really, Randy? Hmm. I was wondering when you're gonna look at that. We sent what? Hold on, I'll send it to Harry too. All right. Well, while while he's doing that, we'll continue pouring one out for the homers with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, coming off of coming off of a difficult week once again. It, 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 it it's just it it it, it uh, it's. I, I broke him. <laughs> I, I broke Eric. I mean, between that what you sent and the fact that we've now lost six in a row, it God just fire everybody and be done with it already. I do have good news, though. You can't lose this week. Yeah, because we're not playing anybody. Eric, I, I have a question for you, though. Do they bench Minshew in this off, this off week? I, well, I mean, that depends. I mean, lest we forget, those fighting buys, they're really tough on the defensive line. So, <laughs> Yes, you, you never want to go into a, a, a matchup against the bye week undermanned. But, I mean, honestly, looking at this, who are we going to go to? Mike Glennon? Jake Luton? I mean, we've already got one seventh-round Pac-12 quarterback out there. Do we really want to try another one? Besides, looking at it holistically, yes, he's not entirely progressing. I will concede that, but a lot of it isn't entirely his fault either. There's a mess of things that are happening, and they won't be fixed unless we really do a full just teardown from the top down. I think the problem lies in the fact that Minshew had such a high standard performance last year, so unexpectedly, that people are forgetting that he was just a rookie last year, and he's only a second-year quarterback this year. Exactly, and even then, that high standard was like, 500 and even then last year he had some very ugly games which is why Nick Folk or Nick Foles had a chance to come back so these are these moments I'm personally sticking by Florida man I hope we as a team do as well because Trevor Lawrence he's probably ain't coming through any doors anytime soon my guess is Trevor Lawrence is returning for his senior season well, you see, you see that, Randy? Then you get another season of Adam Gase. There you go. I'd throw that voodoo at Randy, dude. 
There's no way Adam Gase stays. Well, I mean, if you can't get no Trevor chance. Lawrence this year, then you got to shoot for getting Trevor Lawrence next year. I'll take that bet. He's coming out. <laughs> Eric, I'm screwed. Yeah, so I'm going to first talk about... Um, We have the return of the Big Ten, so you get to see Penn State. Even leading up to the two-point conversion, what happened? I have to be honest. I actually wasn't home for the Penn State-Indiana game. I read about it. I saw the clip, and then I read the article, of the recap of the game. I was out with a friend on Saturday in order to get out of the apartment for a little bit, try mm-hmm. to clear my head. Right. I'm kind of glad that I didn't sit and watch the Penn State game because I have a funny feeling that I would have probably been very pissed off had I done so, given the fact that we struggled with an Indiana team that was going to be 500 at best this year. Well, to be fair, you had some pundits say that Indiana would be better than both Michigan teams this year. Okay, to be fair, Michigan State lost to Rutgers. Good point. I was tempted to make Michigan State my dud just based on that sole fact. Well, I mean, How the fuck do you lose to Rutgers? Greg Schiano back in his element. Yeah, and what's going to end up happening now that I've said that is Penn State is going to lose to Rutgers. Anyway, um, it goes from bad to worse with the Nittany Lions, though. And I genuinely feel this way. If Penn State would have had a really good performance, I think we could have knocked off an overconfident Ohio State team. Because mm. I don't think the Buckeyes are as good as the Buckeyes think they are this year. Uh, that being said, after what happened against Indiana and the way that Penn, the, the way that Ohio State turned it on in the second half of their game against Nebraska, I believe it was? Yeah. Yes. The way that Ohio State turned it on in the second half of their game against Nebraska. Oh, it's going to be a long night in Happy Valley on Saturday. Even with the whiteout. Well, I mean, there is a little bit of good news collegiately for you. Your, Your Gators are back. And playing Missouri, who I think we should handle pretty easily. Then again, two years ago, the Gators were 11-2, and two, if you'll remember, Eric. I do. Georgia was one loss. Do you remember who the other one was? Missouri. In the swamp. Mm, and it's going to be in the swamp again Saturday night. And it's not on even on the SEC network. It's on the alternate SEC network. Which, for some reason, I get, but I don't get the ACC network. Thank you, Xfinity. I think I get SEC alternate. If I don't, I'll be streaming the game, and then I'll put the Penn State-Ohio State game on the big TV until it becomes too much of a debacle and I no longer wish to watch it. (laughs) So, you know, there's that. True, true. Um, as As far as the National Football League goes... Yeah, my question... How do you let the Jets cover the spread? Okay. I, I don't have an answer for that. Oh, I know I know how. I actually I do have an answer for that. All 
right. don't get into the goddamn end zone. Yeah, but you could have just kicked two more field goals or even we a field and alert bass missed. Oh, oh. I stand corrected <laughs> then. Never mind. Bass was five was six of eight on the day from field goal attempt. Man, even he had been eight for eight. Not only would he be in Rob Barona's territory, but yes, you would have covered. That being said, um, I think the second half yardage was something like 190-something to four. Or some ridiculous number. I mean, honestly, between the three of us, I think we could manage four yards and a half. We would need ice baths afterwards, but we could do it. That depends. Are we playing flag or tackle? I don't know. I, if it can be done on pain, fame, or shame, I'm sure we can. Randy, do you happen to know like how much the Jets would just play, pay like minimum base edge of the edge of the bench guys? I don't know. I have to ask Luke Falk. Do you, any of you guys remember him? Yes, the former Washington State quarterback that went to the Jets. Yeah, he played a game last year. It, it didn't go well. <laughs> Was that the game that Darno had mono? Yes. And then, uh, who was the backup quarterback at the time? He wasn't in there for very long because then he got hurt. It was a, a former Denver Bronco, but I'm blanking on who it is. Oh. So Luke Falk had to go out there. Okay, former Denver Bro- Trevor Simeon? Yes, Simeon. Uh, yes. Yep. There you go. Hey, yes. I remember something. Good for me. My mind's like a sieve this week, so I'm proud of myself for remembering that. All right. Um, Randy? Yeah. We, we kind of have to. I know you don't want to, but we kind of have to. What are we doing? Okay, so the line is 19 and a half. We talked about this off air. The line is 19 and a half, and you said you wouldn't touch that. Not at, not at all. Realistically speaking, how big of a line would it have to be for you to take the Jets with the spread? 30. And I would a- I would still be hesitant. I'm going to make a bold prediction right now, and I'm going to apologize for this prediction in advance that it's still a bold one because of the sheer volume. Kansas City hangs half a century this week. Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree. And the Jets have scored more than 17 points one time. And that was on a Thursday night against Denver. I mean, they did score 17 exactly once. Yeah, against you. Against uh, those Buffalo Bills who, who continue to let the Jets look competent. Uh, 45-27, two games to nothing Buffalo. We'll take it. <laughs> I mean, if Mahomes has a good enough day, we're able to win without him. Maybe on Bill runs for a score, maybe two, because he's a good guy, but he's petty. Yeah, I can see a pathway to 50. I could see it. Um, Eric, mm-hmm. I have bad news. You guys have lost to the fighting vibes 24-14. You are now 1-7. Damn it to hell. Can, can I make a prediction on my Jets game? Sure. Chad Henney leads a touchdown drive. 
Well, I mean, he did against Denver, so... Okay, I'll, I'll make it better. Chad Henney leads the Chiefs to more points than the Jets. Honestly, given the fact that he's already a former Jaguar with a Super Bowl ring, wouldn't surprise me. Um, I'm going to give you a bolder prediction. Are you ready? Okay. Le'Veon Bell runs for more yards than the Jets to get as a total offense. Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> I, I only hate that because I have CEH in a couple fantasy leagues and would rather that be him. But uh... <laughs> Why you got to do my boy Frank Gore like that? Come on now. Just because it's going to be all of the petty from Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> That's good. All right, let's move on. It is now time for our final prediction segment of the show and the last segment that we do. Are you serious? And fun fact, you know who was the most serious out of all of us last week, Randy? Me. R-B-I. Doing my best RVD over here. It's, it works fantastic on an audio podcast. It does, especially when the camera's not turned on. Oh. Did it turn off on me? What? I'm on. Both cameras are off. Oh, That's what we're looking at my Skype. Oh, damn. Oh, you, good, you can't see me. Damn, RBIs have only had a couple minutes. So. <laughs> Stop making Eric so sad. Listen, that's my legit initials. I'm not even making fun of your Rays unable to get RBIs. All yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. But damn it, I'm still going to be salty. At least, it, at least if things don't go certain ways over the next week. Randy went one and one straight up, two and zero oh against the spread. He was the only person to hit a game straight up this past week. Eric finished second, zero oh and two, one and one. Myself and Jason were both zero oh and two, zero oh and two. This is what I get for bragging about being seventy-five percent against the spread last week. Wait a minute, I wasn't last. Huh? I'll be damned. <laughs> you were second. If it makes you feel any better, Eric, you are still last in terms of overall victory. Of course I am. <laughs> and your plus minus is damn near laughable, but we'll discuss that later. Okay. In terms what? No 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 no. I wanna ask. In terms of multiples of the Jets spread against the Chiefs <laughs> <laughs> How bad are we talking? Like three times, four okay, times. Okay, so what's what's the number? Nineteen and a half. Uh, five. Oh, fuck me sideways. Yeah. Uh, five yeah. and then a little bit more. You are oh. negative one hundred fifteen point five points. Jesus so, so Christ, that's the Jets scoring differential. God, uh, I was going to say that's stupid... the NFC East scoring differential. God, ask a stupid question. <laughs> <laughs> You're an entire damn division by yourself, Eric. Congratulations. <laughs> I, I want to know where I'm at. I, I had a fantastic week. I mean, you're you talking about, I, I got only one, I, I, I was well, correct on both against the spread, and only one straight up, but I took a plus 48, and they had the ball with a chance to take the lead in the third quarter. Well, Randy, I'll put it to you this way. For the first time since week one, your overall season plus minus is in the positive. Yeah, it worked out for me. My, my gamble worked out. Thank you, Syracuse. Thank you to the seed of the Culpeppers from Survivor. Oh, yeah, of course, Syracuse, you do that when Randy picks your ass. You're not a Survivor <laughs> fan, Eric. You, you might be, I don't even know. You're plus 16 and a half on the season after a week of plus 28 and a half. 
You know what kind of sucked for me? And this is legit my stat line. You ready? 0-2, negative 3. That is that, that that hurts. I lost by half a point in the college game and two and a half in the NFL. But at least you had a realistic shot. Your teams don't hate you. And honestly, with that survivor shirt, even though it no longer fits anyway, I can do with the good burning of something. And of course, it's orange, because, well, fuck. <laughs> All right, let's try this week and see if we can't do better. Um, we'll start with we'll start with college, and we will defer to last on the totem pole. Because we gotta. Yeah. That's what. Well, technically, we could go last for the week. And that would actually put Jason's pick being announced first. Yeah, but there's a problem. Technically, his pick is ineligible. No, it's not. Really? Because there's a there's a caveat to that. Okay. We talked about this when we first started our series. That's been forgotten, but it is still a thing. Oh, he used the deep cut rules with the rankings. Correct. Okay. Gee, so, I wish I had known that and you had reminded me. Kentucky, what is this? Tennessee I don't understand these six. extra rules. <laughs> okay, so the ruling was is college is seven, NFL is three. There yes. is a caveat in college. If a ranked team is a underdog, you can select them. That doesn't make any sense. Kansas State is a three-and-a-half-point underdog at West Virginia, despite K-State being ranked 16th in the country. Jason is going against his Mountaineers and taking Kansas State. Yeah, but it should be the opposite. If you're taking a ranked team, you should have to give up even more points. The rules have always been that if a ranked team is an underdog, they are eligible regardless of the line. Now, was Kentucky, Tennessee, were either of those teams ranked last week? Tennessee was. You Okay, no, that's not true. I'm about to say, because if I have to drive somewhere and point somebody, I'm throwing a dart. Eric, the problem you have is that Tennessee was the ranked team, not Kentucky. Thus, the line had to be seven for Kentucky. Couldn't get a little bit more money. Just a point's worth. One measly, few little, here and there, a couple of grand, a couple of minor whales, just, you know. Are you about, are you about to change your pick, Eric? No, I'm not going to change my pick because I picked them once and wasn't eligible. I'm picking them when they are eligible just because. Very well, then go ahead and pick them. Well, since we talked about Kentucky, now I'm the one that gets to do an experiment. You weren't eligible against Tennessee and you beat them. You are eligible against Georgia. You go out there and do your thing, and we see what happens. Kentucky plus 14 and a half. Three 
Randy, you're staying in the American Athletic Conference. I'm going to go for a little bit of a risky one here. I know Cincinnati's been fantastic this season, uh, but they are going up against possibly their last really tough test in the American with Memphis, and that's who I'm going to take. Give me Memphis plus seven. Okay, so my line, my line of thinking last week when I made my prediction, I was in the American last week. I'm in conference with Fable. But my line of thinking last week was a home underdog of double digits. I took Navy against Houston, home underdog at 14 points. The line got all the way up to 15 and a half by kickoff. They lost by 16. I'm hoping for a little bit better outcome this time, but I am going to take Louisiana Tech at home as an 11 and a half point underdog to UAB. I mean, at least now we both know how it feels to get screwed over by Navy, or Navy, so I'm not too mad at this. Okay, to be fair, your pick of Navy didn't count. I just bust your balls about it. Does it, oh. ma- does it matter? It still hurt, and it hurt my wallet, and I mentioned it on the show, and then they forgot how to tackle, and then that led to me being embarrassed, and even the chair called me out. The chair called me out. It was yeah, not I a good day. I, do, I don't have a retort for that. Mm-hmm. I got nothing. Sorry. All right, let's move on. Let's move over to the National Football League now. And Jason's pick in the NFL is going to be New England plus three and a half against Buffalo because Jason hates me. Now on, Jason can announce his own goddamn pick. New England is a underdog going to Buffalo for the first time in a decade. I will also point out that the line on this game is four on ESPN. He's using the wrong app to make the pick. Well, that's because, again, he's using the app where, you know, he's actually betting money. Granted, he's not betting on Bovada like he easily could, but not everybody wants to use the best app or site. He's not winning money either because he picked Dallas on the money line. (laughs) Yeah, well... Yeah, you, you know. My pick for the week is they were good to me a couple of weeks ago when I had them as an underdog. Hopefully they will be good to me this week when I have them as an underdog. I am going to take the Pittsburgh Steelers plus three and a half at Baltimore. And what I think will be the game of the week in the NFL this week. Easily. Easily. I mean, there are a couple other candidates, though. San Fran, Seattle should be good. New Orleans, Chicago should be good. Dallas and Phillips. <laughs> I almost made it through that with a straight face. All right, Eric, who you got? Well, we kind of teased this a little bit earlier when I'm a survivor, and, well, Dramatic reverb.
this is, as Randy said, going to cement Jason's pick, or I will be doing you a solid by bringing a little bit of hate his way. Give me the Dolphins plus four against those Rams. Okay, you wouldn't be doing me a solid, actually, because Miami's the closest thing to a competitor we have in the AFC East right now. They're in second place in the AFC East, so if Miami could lose, that would be great. Well, but I mean, but here's the rub. At the very least, I get a cover, but, you know, you win, they win, and then everything copacetic. Even though they, they win, the Patriots lose. So it comes to a two-horse race. And think about it. Do you really think that you can have any sort of trouble with Tua? Um, Randy, I feel like we've had this conversation already. I feel like I'm just now putting the connection together. Eric picking Miami is actually a good thing for me. Yes, that's what we were getting with. Because he has not hit a game straight up all year in RE2. Oh, Jesus. Did... Hmm. It's been a week for Eric. He is the New York Jets of Are You Serious? Oh, God. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. A flag has been thrown on the field. Let me check the call. Unnecessary roughness. Isbell. 15 yards. I, first hold on. I could have called him Adam Gase. I just made him the whole Jets. Technically, he would be the owner because he's born. Oh, that's, that's worse. I would never say that about Eric. I like him. <laughs> I mean, no, you know what? I'm not. Mm-mm. Nope. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Randy? Yes. With my gopher and your straight up win last week, you were within a game of me straight up. You're still two games behind me against the spread, but you're within a game of me straight up. And you capitalized. I'm going to do my best, and I have said this multiple times on this podcast. I do not believe in Philip Rivers. I'm going to put my pick where my mouth is and say I'm taking the Detroit Lions plus three against those Indianapolis Colts. Lions are just finding ways to win and trying to stick around in a wild card. Give me Stafford. It's going to be a low-scoring, ugly game because the Colts have a good defense. But I I think the Lions can win that game outright. Is Leonard back this week? I thought I heard Leonard was back this week. I don't know. Because if Darius Leonard is back this week, I think that throws an extra hitch in the giddy-up for the Lions. That's arguably the best player nobody knows about in the National Football League. Well, he has returned to practice, so there's that. If he's actually playing in practice, then he's, I'm assuming he's listed as questionable. I will check. While Eric checks the injury report, you have been listening to The Kickoff, a presentation of the W2M Network, available online at w2mnet.com. In addition, you can find us on all of your favorite podcast listening services, such as iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spreaker, Podbean, CastBox. Hey, Randy, guess what? Spotify is here? Yay! Who's your dick of the week? I don't know if I really have one. 
I do. I oh, you go it. ahead. I got to think for a minute. All right. Well, while he thinks of his, my dick of the week are the referees in that Penn State-Indiana game. It's fantastic to know that the gold line only stretches so far when you need it to and further when you don't. Well, well, I mean, technically, if you go back to the rule that was originally set as precedent in the NFL in Super Bowl 35, his fingertips were on the ball as the front nose of it broke, hit the pylon. So, therefore, with the pylon, that is considered a successful what have you. What's Darius Leonard's status? Uh, limited in practice for Wednesday. So, questionable? Well, they don't list anything yet. They will usually have that on Saturday. Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday will determine game status. Very well. Eric, who's your dick of the week? Oh, let's see. Should I go for a particular sport? Ugh, God. I, I... Yep. The OPW is open to interpretation. Because, I mean, you could go Kevin Cash, you could go Corey Seager, you could pretty much go anybody on the Dodgers, you name it. I mean, yeah. That's going to be a thing from now on. Whenever we mention the kicker from Baltimore now, we're going to call him Justin Turner. Only Only if he misses. Only if he misses. Steer into the skid. Fuck it. Yeah, it's and then I have another one where not gonna mention their name, but let's just say I won't have to make any transatlantic flights in my future. Harry, you know the deal. <laughs> what Serbian for go fuck yourself? Hmm. Mm. Eric will look that up. Randy, do you have a dick of the week now? Yeah, I'm going to go way out on mine and say the dick of the week was the weather in Texas as the NASCAR race that I was excited to watch on Sunday afternoon when the the NFL slate was kind of dry. The morning games were going to be great, and then the afternoon games I just wasn't really excited for. So I was going to watch the Texas race, and the rain postponed it to Monday, which postponed it to Monday night, which postponed it to Tuesday, which would have been perfect for me. And then I got postponed to Tuesday night, which we could have done live NASCAR updates on our radio show. But no, they had to get postponed to today, when is my busiest school day, and I didn't get to watch any of it. So the rain is my dick of the week. I'm surprised that I'm actually still competing in my NASCAR fantasy league, yet I'm a driver short in my lineup. Is there a league that you don't do fantasy (laughs) for, Eric? Jesus Christ! I mean, to be fair, if since I no longer get access to the Indian Premier League, I don't do fantasy cricket. But if FS1 and FS2 and ESPN are going to continue their Aussie rules and NRL coverages, I'll probably do fantasy in those two. I won't be the best at it, but I'm going to give it an off. <laughs> I will say that I am happy that Liverpool has moved to 2-0 in the Champions League. That's the best I got for that. You guys, was it you guys that put a beating on Leicester today? Oh, Rosalind Ballsport Leipzig. Um, that's not uh, what I'm saying. Bless you. <laughs> no, if you're if you're talking if you're talking about the Champions League, it was Leipzig. I saw the match. 
They have it abbreviated the same way as Leicester City, but it's it was Leipzig. One of the two oh, clubs in okay. Europe everybody hates. But yes, Rashford scored a hat-trick, what was a 1-0 match end up being 5-0, so I'm happy. Okay, yeah, it is um it is Leipzig. Okay, Red Bull Leipzig. And yes, Randy, that is their official name, even though everybody knows it's Red Bull Leipzig. Now where's the question again? <laughs> he was get in hiding it instead. And it's fair because it's also German. <laughs> no, it was a German. I should be offended, but I'm not. <laughs> anyway, um, Jason's at W Twitter Chairman on Twitter. He's also at Turkey Glue eight twenty two, but he'll probably tell you to go fuck yourself. Um, no, he would tell he... you EDJBC. <laughs> Is that Serbian? Yep. Thank you. <laughs> and gets in height to you again as well. All right, anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, realistically speaking, though, uh, the reason Jason isn't on the show tonight is because he had an ER trip. We're hoping it's not what we think it might be, but given the symptoms that he was describing, it very well could be. And, well, it's a good thing he's working from home because he's going to have to quarantine. Either way, get well sued, and we're pulling for you. We, we we can't all be unprofessionals around here. We will say this much. If he does catch it, we will still like him more than we like Justin Turner. Agreed. That's just that. Randy, where can people find you online? You can find me at Randy Isbell on Twitter. You can check out my video game podcast. And check out that Twitter at chapter underscore select for the chapter select podcast. Um, you can check me out at the R&R Sports Report on Facebook. Join our Facebook group. Soon we will be uh, going live on there once we figure out the audio problems. And, of course, check us out on klcz.com every Tuesday from 6 to 8 Pacific time. 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 to 10 p.m. Central. Four to six PM Hawaiian. Actually we're, covered we're, yeah, we're big in we're big in Hawaii, so thank you. You're welcome. I I'm, mean I'm, if if you wanna also give a shout out to those in Alaska, five to seven PM just because. It's only an app so Alaska's closer than Hawaii in terms of time zone, I guess. Yeah. I I still blame Canada. Well, Canada, Russia, but that's for another podcast. <laughs> Eric, where can people find you online? Oh, you can find oh, me you... on Twitter, at Squid Sportshead. Naturally, live tweeting some things, although I don't know how much I'll be able to find to be able to live tweet now that the AFL and NRL Grand Finals are over. Congratulations to Richmond and Melbourne completing their seasons with the Premiership. If you're trying to talk to me about tutoring or any other stuff, you can find me on Facebook at Eric Watkins. You know the drill. Guy, recliner, wine, laundry, etc. And naturally, if you're missing that uh, little something special in your life, you can go to my Twitter at Squid Sportshead, slide into my DMs, undergo the proper vetting process, and then you will gain access to my dark Twitter, my Telegram, my Snapchat, 
maybe a few other bits and pieces here and there. And naturally, as always, this blog brought to you by the fine people at Rick's TNT LLC. Website and commercial coming soon. Notary public services coming soon. Apologies for that. I had to reset my phone real quick. Back. Um, yeah, we still need to talk to Liz about that, don't we? We do. You know, this is becoming a running gag at this point. It is. We'll see about actually changing that from gag to real thing. I know Liz has been having kind of a rough time this last week herself. Yeah, it's understandable, but for all things like with gag, it's just a matter of reflex. Our, our best wishes to... Our best wishes to Liz as well. Um, ATB the Eagle on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, on well, pretty much any other social media platform you can think of that I might have. I don't have Snapchat because meh. Yet. I'm also I'm also at ATB the Eagle on Grapple, where I did add my my ratings and review, a quickie review for the most recent Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, and I understand Randy did as well. Yeah, you completely underrated the Roman Reigns match. I'm so disappointed in you. I I appreciated the story. The ring work wasn't great. You don't have to have ring work in Hell in a Cell. And, and compared to every other match, minus Sasha and Bailey. Was the best ring work he had all night. I thought Orton and Drew was really good. Put me to sleep. Yeah. You can hate it as much as you want to. They spent... I'm sorry. We gotta get off the show, but they spent seven minutes climbing the Hell in a Cell so Randy Orton could low-blow Drew McIntyre with a lead pipe and then climb back down. Just so they could do that one spot off off the side of the cage. It made absolutely no sense and was unnecessary and ridiculous. I'm going to disagree, and here's why. With Taker's retirement being announced earlier this year, Drew wanted yeah, to be... That's not happening. Yeah, but that's not happening. Drew wanted to pay tribute to the first Hellenist. I'd, normally, this would be the part where I'd say you could listen to my thoughts on the world of professional wrestling by checking out the reaction at 11.30 p.m. Eastern on Monday nights on the Chairshot Radio Network. Segway! But the last two weeks of the reaction have not happened because of me feeling like crap. Frankly, it's a miracle these shows have been done. That's well, okay. Well, you can return when Taker returns at Survivor Series. It's no, is okay. Not going to wrestle. Just going to be my excuse. <laughs> and set up a WrestleMania match. You want to put a bet on that? We can put a friendly wager on that. Never bet with WWE because they never know what they're doing from day to day. All right. So for the absent and hopefully not roaded, unprofessional Jason Teasley, he is the Riz, Randy Isbell. That is the anchorman, Eric Watkins. I am the voice of reason, Harry Broadhurst. Eric with a... Eric with a non-verbal salute on a audio podcast. That's what I norm- That's what I normally do. It wasn't meant to be a verbal salute. Well, I'm just busting stones about it anyway. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Kickoff, a presentation of the WSWM Network. We are online at wswmnet.com, and we will talk to you guys next week for the mid-season awards. 
and recap and updated playoff predictions here on the kickoff, a presentation of the W1 Network.